Welcome to Build a Drone Reviewer Podcast, Episode 41, Rotor Talk Live. Very special guest, Brett Garamella. Got that coming up next. The other night, Marcus Crawford and I hosted Rotor Talk Live, and for that episode, we had very special guest, Brett Garamella. Brett has a great YouTube channel, and he is also an award-winning videographer and, and photographer. So without any further ado, let's roll that clip in its entirety. Rotor Talk Live, Season 2, Episode 50. How are you doing this evening, Marcus? Doing very well, uh, Bill. Uh, I actually had a great day today. I got out to and uh, and got to burn a couple batteries through the little Mavic Mini, and uh, it was uh, ironically in the middle of winter, a blue sky day here in Idaho. So it was it was a great day to fly, as a friend of mine likes to say. I like that. And well, I want to welcome our very special guest, <laughs> Brett. He's no stranger to YouTube, Brett Gamarella. Brett, welcome to the show tonight. How are you? Thank you. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me, Bill. So how, how cold is it in Vermont right now? Uh, actually, today it warmed up. It got in the 30s. So. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> well, I, I dated a woman in New Hampshire for a while, so I, I know exactly <laughs> what it's like up there. So Yeah, bust out your shorts. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, well, you know, I, I, and I won't tell you it was 83 degrees and sunny here in Tampa today. I, I, won't, I won't say anything about yeah, it. Yeah, don't rub it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, t tonight, you know, we're, we're real privileged to have Brett on and, and we're going to talk, we're going to talk a, a lot about uh, drones tonight with Brett. But one of, one of the things that, that I wanted to mention, you know, how many, how many times do you have the chance to talk to somebody who has been nominated for an Academy Award? Well, Brett was nominated for an Academy Award. Qualified, twice. qualified, but yeah. Qualified for an Academy Award by uh, one of his short films called The Champions. So, um, Brett, could you give us just a little bit of background about yourself, about photography, and then how you ended up getting into drones? Sure. Um, first of all, thanks for the intro. Great to be here, and thanks for, for having me on your show. Um, so I, I guess my, my route into, um, into drones and into filmmaking is not the most traditional, although I don't know if there is a traditional route anymore, because with the internet, it seems like people are going many different ways. But... Um, for myself, uh, I'll just start way back when. So kind of my two favorite things are, are travel and creating visual stories or creating stories for that matter. So I have a background. So for the past like 10 to 12 years, I've worked as an independent photographer and filmmaker. But before that, I have a degree in journalism. So I've, while doing that, I've always had other jobs. So I've worked as a reporter, an author, I've worked at, as a teacher and I've also worked in hotels. So I've had all different, all these different types of experiences on top of just um, doing filmmaking and photography. And then, so how did I get into filmmaking? So at the time I was, I was doing a lot of writing. I was, uh, my background, like I said, is in journalism. And then I realized, you know, most everything's going towards video. People aren't reading as much and visual stories are, are the medium for uh, expressing yourself nowadays and for reaching a wider audience. So 
I was, so when I, usually when I do something, I kind of go all in. So I researched, all right, what's the best camera? What's the best uh, lav mic, shotgun mic? And I, I just immersed myself in that. And then I bought a, so uh, this was about like 10 years ago, I bought a Sony EX1. I bought a real good lav mic, good shotgun mic. And then because I, I had that camera, I started getting work right away. Um, I had my photography background, so I sort of knew all the visually how to do things, but I sort of, you know, just learned on the job. And I also started working at a production house in New York City. So I worked as a production assistant and that's where I sort of met some people in the production world and people who were more talented than I was. So that's sort of how I got uh, my learning curve uh, improved very fast. And I'm the type of person who also asks a lot of questions. So maybe, maybe, maybe a lot of people who go, um, they approach a new job, they approach it more like as just a job, but I would always approach it as what can I learn, almost like an education. So I don't have a traditional filmmaking or photography education, but because I would always like read things, study YouTube videos, the internet, et cetera, and take workshops, classes, read books and ask people, that sort of helped me uh, along my way. And so I, I met a friend at this production house in New York City. We ended up making a short film called The Champion. And that was the first film I ever made. And um, it ended up doing really well. So I won a couple of film festivals, got um, qualified for an Oscar. And that's sort of how I met people in the film industry from New York City and Los Angeles. And that got me some more work and got to meet more people and improve my skills as well. So that was a natural evolution. Now you may be saying, all right, that sounds great. You, after, you, after you win those film festivals and you have a big film, aren't you then set? Can you start making a lot of money, et cetera? Well, that wasn't the case because I made, a, it was a documentary. So the documentary world, unless you're making a big uh, feature film for like Netflix or something, there actually isn't a ton of money in it or, you know, so, and I also, my friend and I, we spent all our money just making the film, getting it done. We didn't have a ton of money for distribution and advertising, which was just the way it goes at the time. So I was, so I, that's why I worked all these other jobs as well. And then I thought after I'm done with this, how can I improve my, um, my production value or my skill overall? So I was still working as a photographer and filmmaker and I had been working on a project down in Cuba um, with uh, tobacco farmers. And I just spent some time in Miami, I was there and I decided to, I just kind of on a whim, I got hired at the DJI store in Miami. And this, at the time, I didn't really know much about drones. I, um, I had flown them a couple of times, but I didn't really know much. So basically working at the DJI store in Miami was kind of like my drone education. Worked there like eight to nine hours a day. And like I said before, when instead of most, most of my coworkers, I noticed they approached it just like a job. And a lot of them were much smarter than I were. I was still are today, know more about drones than I do, but they didn't have like the filmmaking and the uh, photography and visual background that I had. So they didn't really know much about that. So I kind of combined those two things. And while I was at work, I would always take like copious notes. I would write things on my phone or whatever when someone come in for a, a drone repair or something or would have a question. So I deal with customers all day. 
people repairing their drones, talking to techs. And then I go home and I would watch YouTube videos or read about this stuff. So it was basically like two years, year and a half to two years of just basically uh, drones all day, every day. So that's sort of how I got into drones and sort of how I um, got going. Then after six months working there, I, I bought a Phantom 4 Pro. I passed my part 107 uh, exam. And then I also started giving lessons at the store because a lot of the, my coworkers, they didn't really want to do them. I kind of became the go-to guy for drone lessons. So I'd help people set up their drone, their DJI drone. So I got to fly all the DJI drones, pretty much everyone except for uh, the Matrice series. So everything from like the Spark all the way up to uh, the Inspire 2. And because I would give so many lessons, I would get to the feel for all the different drones. Basically, it was a pretty great job because I, I would get, um, get to learn. And then if they asked me a question that I couldn't answer, I would ask a colleague or look it up and find that answer. So that's what really helped me a lot with uh, learning drones. And then, and then at that time, I, I'm like, wait a minute, why don't I, why don't I, um, I can reach more people if I start a YouTube channel. So that's why I started my YouTube channel. I'm like, I'm helping some people at the store, but there's really a limited amount of people you can do with a one-on-one -on -one lesson, right? Or you're teaching a small group, maybe two or three people max. So that's why I started my YouTube channel to reach more people. And also I started, um, I like video tutorials because people can go back and they can watch them over and over and learn something they don't, they may have forgotten. Whereas I noticed when I would give lessons to people in person, maybe they come in on Monday and then they come in on Friday and have the same ex ex uh, question that we went over. So no matter how good my lessons were, uh, people, you know, people's mind, it's short term, especially now with all the distractions we have today. So after a week, you, you only retain like 20 to 30% of what you learned. And so I thought it might be more effective to start a YouTube channel and start doing uh, video tutorials and also being a part of this community, get to meet more people. And so that's sort of how I got going. And then, um, so Phantom 4 Pro was my first drone, since everyone here is interested in uh, drones technology. Then I started, then I bought the Mavic 2 Pro and the Zoom when they came out. <laughs> kind of went all in, sort of my MO. So I, I did that. So I had the Phantom 4 Pro, the, um, both Mavic 2s, the Zoom and the Pro. and after a while, I decided just to get rid of the Zoom. I had that for a few months, maybe three, four or five months. And then I just kept the Pro and the Phantom. And then recently, this past summer, I got rid of the Phantom. So now I just have the Mavic 2 Pro, which is right up there, and the Mavic Mini. And that's sort of my, my drones right now. I'm trying to save money for the, um, the Mavic 3, which I think we'll see very soon, so. That's a little bit about me. I hope I didn't ramble on too much or no, that was uh, fantastic or anyone, but I tried to, uh, you know, get through it relatively quickly. <laughs> no, that's, that, that's good because I think it's good to know, you know, um, how you got started because, you know, we all yeah. see, you know, you know, we all have, have our stories on how we start our YouTube channels and reasons why. And, mm -hmm. and I think it's, it's always important because I've seen you and I've seen your videos and you do do a great job out there, but it's nice to have some background to put together, you know, what, how you got started, yep. why you got started and, you know, 
working in a DJI store. I mean, what, how many people want to end up having that kind of a job? You know? Yeah, exactly. Seriously. Exactly. Marcus, do <laughs> you have any questions for, for Brett? Well, it, it cracked me up when you made the statement of the other people that worked at the DJI store. It was just a job to them. I mean, there's yeah. so many of us that are kind of drone fanatics that would just be love yeah. to go to work in that environment yeah. every day. Although I suppose everything can be drudgery after yeah. a while. But I'm going to make a little confession, uh, Brett. Mm -hmm. I just discovered your channel after Bill uh, brought it up that you were going to be a, a guest here. But oh, I have yep. looked through enough of your uh, uh, tutorials and so forth to know yep. that I'm going to be watching a bunch of them. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> appreciate that. Yeah, well, I, I always felt like my channel was kind of a work in progress. Even when I started, I, I enjoyed drones. So... I have been trying to improve it. Like now I'm, now I'm really working on my production value, trying to make my uh, videos uh, the, even a higher, more production value. And one thing I'm trying to work on is just, if you notice more of my recent videos, just trying to make them a little bit shorter. So as I like to call like all killer, uh, all killer, no filler. So just to try to make my, I'm trying to, make my channel a little different from other channels. Whereas um, I started probably in the beginning, I started more with more vlogs and travel vlogs and more about my life and stuff. And um, I, I don't know if that's, it's, it's not the right approach I think for myself right now. So I'm trying to grow my channel and uh, I appreciate your interest in, in saying that. Well, I loved your collaboration with Ed Ricker too. I, I'm only about halfway through it, but uh, yeah pretty entertaining awesome yeah I, i've actually done three videos with him i did one uh a while ago this summer we did two videos we did one about the um well flying fpv drones that dji just came out with the fpv system and then we also did another uh another video just about this this idea i've had and i and bill is great at this getting guests on his show and I need to do a better job of this, uh, collaborating with other YouTubers and uh, drone pilots. What I, I like to do, one idea I've had for my channel is actually going out there and flying with another drone pilot. And then as we're flying, we're both shooting the same spot, but we're talking about what settings we use and why we shot it in the way we did. So kind of like one location, two drone pilots. I, I don't know the name for it, but I'd like to create a series where I meet up with a different drone pilot and then we both shoot the same spot. And then we both talk about why we shot the way we did. And we ask each other questions kind of like Ed and I did. Right. And that's one idea I had for my YouTube channel that I'd like to do more of. And then recently, yeah, the most recent video Ed and I did uh, with the uh, Mavic mini. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you something, Brett. I got a chance to meet Ed at the Mavic 2 event in Brooklyn. Um, my oh, wife nice. and I got invited to it. And, um, you know, the first thing, and I got to say this, okay, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of times you don't really know how tall somebody is until yeah, you meet them tall. in person. Now, <laughs> I was just, I was just like, okay, there's Ed. I, well, see, I knew, Ke I knew Kelly Shores was tall, okay, from yeah. Ready Set Drone. Yeah. But I didn't know how tall Ed was until I met him in person. <laughs> and I'm like, Ed, how are you? Kind of well, like, I got to tell you what impressed me about Ed. So I met Ed at Spin Up this last summer. Uh, Ron Brown and I did. And he was flying his FPV drones. As, and as you know, Brett. Yeah, he's an awesome pilot. He, 
he's just the talent is just off the charts. You you yeah, you yeah. can't believe that somebody can do that with with a drone. <laughs> and at the same time, he's such a, a humble individual who yeah. will explain things to you and talk through all the minutia, every detail of that you want to know. Just just an all around good guy. Exactly, I, well, I second that definitely. I told I told Ed when I when I um when I met him in New York city, I told him, I said, well, you know what? I, I lived on your Mavic pro video because after I bought my Mavic pro, I, I would, I probably, I, I told him, I said, probably a hundred thousand of those views are from me <laughs> <laughs> when I learned to fly it. I mean, you know, it was just, and, and I told him I and, and it was interesting because he told me how he got to film that. He said he had a friend of his, he, after he got the Mavic pro, he said a friend of his, asked him says you know why don't you put together a video on how to fly the mavic pro and yeah. and that's what he and and that's that's how he got started i yeah, said really he said yeah that's that's all it was <laughs> you know? yeah he was actually he, i think he was one of the first youtubers i i actually started watching even before i think i started work, working at the dji store around then he was one of the or even before then he was i probably added a few views to that video as well so um, it was really awesome to meet up with him because you never know how people are in real life. Like you see them on their YouTube channel, you're like, all right, you could edit it. He's like this or like that. But Ed's like pretty much the same dude you see on YouTube. He is in real life. He's totally cool, awesome, down to earth guy. So he is. I mean, you know, yeah. I, I probably spent more time talking to him than um, several of the other drone reviewers that I was able to meet at the event in New York City. That was just, and I'll tell you what, it, it was seeing the pomp and circumstance that, and that's what I'll call it, what DJI did when they did the event. I mean, mm -hmm. they spared no expense for this event. I mean, they, they, they rented a place called, um, it was down in the, in the old Naval shipyards in Brooklyn and it was called the Duggle greenhouse, but I yep. mean, it was just this vast old warehouse that they converted um, into this, uh, you know, meeting room or auditorium or whatever. But I mean, it was like, you know, Kelly Shores was there. Ed was there. Um, the guys from half Chrome drones were there. Yep. Um, um, Rick Smith from ready, uh, from, um, drone Valley was there. Um, Candano, original Dobo, Billy Kyle was there. I mean, you know, it, it was just one of those days where you, you got to meet everybody. And, That's and pretty I, awesome. Yeah. And, and, you know, even more than the event, and I've told this to, to Marcus and to Ron too, um, is meeting meeting all the other other guys out there and you know really kind of connecting with them and that was just that was probably the best thing out of that whole experience was being able to meet them talk to them and find out like you said like with Ed Ed's just yeah. a real down to earth cool guy you know yeah. yeah I think most people in who fly drones are I mean most of the people I've met at the DJI store and around um, yeah I think most of the people are just normal people. <laughs> Well, so. I'm going to throw a curveball your way, okay? Because I know you're, I know you're a DJI guy, and and both Marcus and Ron and I, we're all DJI guys. But we've we're we're on we're on we're in production batch one order for Skydio, okay? Nice. Awesome. What are your thoughts about Skydio? Interesting. Yeah. Um, my thing is, it, it's a great idea. I think they have, looks like they have a great product. My thing is. I just don't know if they're going to be able to keep compete with like DJI or um, Autel or Parrot because they, it seems like they spent 
as I recall, it's a bunch of MIT guys, right? Correct. Right. Yeah. Um, so they have this amazing technology with this drone that's pretty much, it's, it seems like it has great quality, great color. I looked at like at that ind individual um, evaluation of it that they did. It seems like it has great color, et cetera, et cetera, but the specs look great. And obviously it has the best um, autonomously flying drone there is. Um, but it seems like they didn't put enough effort into their distribution and to how they were gonna compete with someone like Autel or DJI because they're making these drones in the United States whereas Autel is an American company, but they're making them in China, which they have much bigger assembly lines. So the delay, the fact that last month you had to, you could pre-order it, but you're not gonna get it until um, I believe uh, March. Am I right about that? February, March. Well, see what, uh, what happens is, me, yeah, they're they're they did three cycles: production batch one, two, and three. Uh, mm -hmm. Marcus and Ron and I are in production batch one, and um, you know I agree with you in terms of their order processing and their fulfillment and logistics yeah. and things. It, it's yeah. just it's a mess. I mean, it it really is. There's no organization i don't think it's a, I, I just don't i don't know if it is it's a mess i just feel like they weren't i feel like they just didn't prepare well maybe it could be you could call it a mess but they just weren't prepared for it so they, they didn't like plan have a good strategy like i think so much of their strategy was into actually making the drone and maybe it's just because they're they're um engineers and they're not like business men first but they really needed to think about a marketing strategy like this is one thing i was thinking about uh the last week was why didn't they why don't they send this drone out to a bunch of youtubers drone specifically drone youtubers and also have a good affiliate program like dji has one reason dji is really um caught on organically with grassroots so to speak is because you can use DJI's affiliate program to promote their products. Whereas I can I contacted Skydio. I was like, look, it looks like you have an awesome product here. I love to work with you. Could I get a discount on your drone? Or could I, you know, because I'm I'm running on a tight budget like most people are. And can I um, do you have an affiliate? Or at the very least, do you have an affiliate program? that if I end up buying your drone, I could at least try to comp, uh, recoup some of that money. Um, and they didn't, they didn't have that yet. So I think not having an affiliate program and not having, um, not giving that, that drone to a bunch of big drone YouTubers and getting all those, cause that's what really spreads. I think a lot of people don't really understand the, um, some of these companies, they don't understand the power of YouTube or video marketing or just social media, set, um, videos with, on social media. So, and having a good affiliate program, I feel, and a good marketing, like their advertisements were good, but I feel like it wasn't as good as DJI. So I felt like if they really checked all those boxes, they would be in a position where, if you said, how, what do I think how Skydio is gonna do? Well, yeah, they have an awesome drone. They're going to do well until DJI uh, gets their hands on their drone and then maybe take some of that technology and implements it into the Mavic 3. 
which then because they have a better uh, business foundation, better, more people in the, their affiliate program, more YouTubers using their drone, they're going to get a bigger reach and reach more people and get more sales. And also the fact that they have a huge assembly line, they can get so many of those drones out. So I think Skydio sort of, I, I like the fact that it's made in the US and there's competition. I think it, competition is great. I just don't think they really set that up, set themselves up to do well in the, uh, in the long term. So Brett, mm -hmm. oh, go for it, Marcus. Uh, yeah. Okay, That's thanks, just Bill. my opinion, but I could be wrong about that. But so when we placed our orders on October first, what they said was that you would get a an an email to finalize your order sometime in November. Okay. Well, November has passed, and we're in December now. We yeah. haven't got those emails yet. Uh, so what I think happened is they were completely overwhelmed with orders and don't have the production yeah. capacity. To, to deal with that. So I'm sure that's what they're struggling with. I'd be willing to exactly. bet that there's some angel investors right now trying <laughs> to figure out how to get that uh, that production going. So we'll see. Like you said, it's a drone with a lot of promise, but not enough of, it, of us have it in our hands yet to really know, right? And can they live up to all those, uh, all the hype, so to speak? Uh, and like you said, DJI, they're, they're going to, they're going to move that ship around and they're going to target that thing. And they do have the supply chain that they'll be able to ramp up production really fast. And, yeah. and like you said, the Mavic 3, what what is that going to be? We're all excited about that. Yeah. And, and like the drone, I feel like the drone, the way the industry is, it, it doesn't have to be like a perfect drone. Like it, it could have some flaws in it, but if you don't have the distribution and you don't have people in the industry like yourself or like bill getting their hands on it and telling people about it that it's being delayed this long you're really like shooting yourself in the foot so you know it's like the product is king and distribution is queen <laughs> they got the king they got the king but they don't have the queen so uh with dji they have both so yeah that's that's it seems like that that's what's going on with with uh what you've been experiencing. Right. Right. Yeah. One of the things that I wanted to say was, and that was yeah. a great point, Marcus, is, you know, you brought up, and I talked about this with Marcus and Ron too, is, you know, they sent out Skydio 2 to, um, you know, mountain bikers um, and, you know, athletic uh, people, you know, yeah. to film that. And it's good because, you know, that in a way, that's kind of what Skydio is geared for. Their target market. But, yep. Right. But, you know, if they want to gear it towards most of our viewers, okay, most of our viewers probably don't, they may ride mountain bikes, they may yeah. do do skateboards, they may do other things, but, you know, most of them are going to want to have a controller like, like they came out with and to be able to control their drone. You know, they're not, you know, auto autonomous flight is something that's really kind of new to them. So I agree totally with what you said about getting it in the hands of some YouTubers, for example, you know, I'll, I'll give you probably one of the, uh, or a couple of the best ones, either yeah. I Justine or to Casey Neistat. Okay. And if you <laughs> get them in their hands, okay. Exactly. You know, overnight Casey gets 3 million views on a video. Okay. Something, you know, probably all of us combined will never get on a video, but exactly. you know, that's the power of that. I mean, it, you know, it gets out there and DJI is so smart when they, when they do this, 
because, you know, they put them in the hands of, say, for instance, you know, um, with the Mavic Mini, I know Rick Smith from John Valley, he, he got one ahead of time. You know, Kelly Shores got one ahead of time. Um, Aldrin Astachio from Flight Path got one ahead of time. You know, and the power of them getting these, these videos out there really, I mean, it just helps amp up sales for DJI like nobody's business. And, exactly. You know, and that's the thing. You're, you're going to make it like a hundred times or a thousand fold. I mean, it's going to it's going to take your sales exponentially. If, if I was running the company, I would just get them out. I would I would get them out to as many people as I, I could, even if I had to delay the shipment, uh, you know, a few weeks with those drones, particular drones. I think it would be worth it just to get get that buzz because DJI is so good at that. And um, it's unfortunate because I, I think they really do have a good product. And, so, you know, it's, it's also how, how you want to go about doing it. It could be their approach could be that it could be like twofold. One, do we want to make the Skydio 2 uh, compete with DJI and Autel and outdo these drones? Or do we want to get this drone out there and just get as many people as we can interested in our drone. They may not buy it. So if they gave it to you guys, they gave it to all these, uh, Ed Ricker and all those guys you mentioned, Casey Neistat and all these, these people who are uh, large YouTubers, if they gave them the drones, then that would be so many, so many millions of views and buzz around Sky Dio that that would give them another, you know, six, nine months or, or a year when they came out with their next drone, that then they could really prepare to distribute it and everything, and they could legitimately compete with DJI. But I, I'm really not sure what exactly they're doing, their approach. Yeah. Well, you know, let's, you know, you mentioned Autel and Autel Evo 2 is coming out. Now, um, yeah. <laughs> okay. Now I did find out, you know, Autel officially does not have a booth at CES this year, but they're going to be in Vegas at that time. Okay. And what they're going to be doing is they're going to be doing a demo out in the desert of the Autel Evo 2 out there. Okay. Nice. Now, um, you know, I talked to Ken Dono recently and, and Ken's going to be going to that. It kind of looks like an orange Mavic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I wanted to, wanted to kind of, kind of talk to you about that because, you know, yeah. While, you know, Skydio has been getting a lot of attention, you know, this is something, you know, I just put out a video about it and Ron and Marcus and I talked about it and mm -hmm. this video kind of took off a little bit. You know, people are real interested because, um, you know, and for instance, my very first drone was an Autel X-Star Premium. All right. Yep. And one of the things I can tell you about Autel for me, their hardware is fantastic where they lag behind is software. That's where. I think they've had they've had some issues mm -hmm. and they did much better with the Evo than, than I thought they would. OK, mm -hmm. and if the Evo 2 is meets the specs that they're talking about, I think it's going to be a killer drone. I think it's really going to put a dent in DJI. And wasn't there talk about two Evo 2s or two different? I don't know if it's two different uh camera sensors or lenses or two different drones Can they're going to have bill? because I, I saw some of the articles i wasn't quite clear on that there's going to be three different cameras there's going to be a 4k a 6k and an 8k camera um yeah you know <laughs> what about and, the 10k yeah um <laughs> you know you know ron and marcus and i were like wow and it talked about 
I think a 16 mile range on the battery. Um, just uh, unbelievable amount of sensors on it. Uh, three, 360 obstacle avoidance like the Mavic 2 Pro. Finally, they're catching up to that. And uh, um, the runtime is like about 35 minutes, close to approaching 40 minutes. Um, you know, it's it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be get noticed. Is what is seventy two hundred milliamp battery, Bill? Seven, yeah, seventy two hundred milliamp, which gives it that that runtime. The distance is amazing, sixteen miles. I'm not sure why you'd even need to fly sixteen miles, but you know, I guess yeah. it's there. Uh, and and I thought that one of the cameras, Bill, was also uh, had uh, uh, night vision. It wasn't one of them night vision, and the other. Mm -hmm. and it had then a, a 4k or 6k camera so it had both cameras mounted at the same time at the same time yeah yeah, yeah. that's good thanks for bringing that you up. can mount two cameras at the same time wow yeah the, the question that i have is okay 360 obstacle avoidance hey we already have that on the mavic 2 right i i, I had a lot of fun out messing around yeah, with it here, except here the size except the size only work in the active track and the uh was it the quick shots? Yeah. Well, that's that's right. And and but you have that. splitting hairs there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, it's it's fun to mess around it's with. Still, it's still there. It's it's there. So so I guess my question is, do you have the AI that's able to take advantage of it? Uh, so that's the big open question with the with this uh, Evo two. Uh -huh. You know, if it's if will it have the processing power to take advantage of those sensors? Uh, you know, it's it's an open question at this point. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. Um, yeah, if they can have that, and one one other thing, the the fact, um, I noticed a lot of people commenting coming into the DJI store and people in general, they talk about the the distance. So when you hear a thing like four or five miles, or you hear this sixteen miles, <laughs> for me, I usually only fly my drone within half a mile, maybe a mile max, right? right? Maybe a mile and a half at most. So to me, that, that distance really isn't like the distance, but it's actually like the signal strength, especially when you're flying in the city because, or you're flying in, in like a countryside where you have a lot of trees or something that can interfere with your signal. So that si 16 miles equates to really good signal strength in places with a lot of um, interference, Wi-Fi signals and so forth in, in, in cities. I think that's something that a lot of people will like because, you know, if you can fly in an area where you're only getting um, a mile or half a mile or a mile with your Mavic 2 and you can go further with with the Evo with this new uh, uh, signal strength, I think that's that's really that might be something that a lot of people might start talking about. And then, yeah, like you said, the obstacle avoidance, I think at this point you sort of have to have it right. It's sort of because we've been spoiled with it. So <laughs> if you take it away from us, <laughs> especially our uh, Mavic 2 flyers, you, we're like, oh, man, even flying the, the mini right now. I, I like not having any obstacle avoidance for certain shots. So I use the mini just for specific shots. But if I'm flying normally, I really appreciate having the obstacle avoidance and for things like active track and other intelligent flight modes, I feel like you need the obstacle avoidance, no? I, so. I absolutely agree with both your statements. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, that, that's, you know, that, that's one thing too, that um, 
you know, I, I know you recently got the Mavic Mini, and I wanted to get wanted to get your thoughts about what what you think about this so far because you okay. know it's <laughs> it's it's going to be and and I can tell you this, and this is something I shared, um, you know, on on we, we had had a last week's episode was about um what drones to buy for Christmas kind of a thing, and yep. I think that's going to be under a lot of Christmas trees this year. I think and it a, is. Yeah, a lot definitely. of people are going to get it. What are your thoughts about the Mavic Mini? I know you've had some time to to fly it and to use it. What what do you what do you think of it? Um, man, um, that that's a tough question because I could go on and on. But um, my initial thoughts are, I'm going to use it very specifically. Like I said, I'm not going to. I think normally I'll use my Mavic Two, and probably I have a different approach than most people. I think the thing people have to get be aware of is well it, if, if i'm talking about it I, i'll just tell you about some things i've noticed from it flying it compared to the mavic 2 so flying out here i like to fly early morning and often there's fog there's um, a lake right behind me so when i fly outside and there's the fog in the lake with the mavic 2 if there's a ton of fog or even if it's snowing the other day i flew my mavic 2 in the snow which I've never done before. And there, the, 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 the ESCs and the motors and, and the propellers were perfectly dry. I think it's just the strength, the size and strength that th those propellers move on the Mavic 2. They, they kind of whisk away the uh, moisture. Whereas in the same conditions, I didn't fly my Mavic Mini in the snow, but I flew it in just in, in the fog. I noticed it would get moisture and it'd give me like a caution warning on the, on the mini or even when I was flying it it was it was cold and foggy it would actually get like ice crystals around the motor and on the propellers so because <laughs> those propellers are so small they're like this and they're kind of flimsy so it, it's it's a totally different beast so you have to be very careful and then the other thing is um you got to keep a line of sight so you got to be really careful I always do I recommend always doing a compass calibration and keeping it within sight. So I think for those for those shots where you want to get in um, within a line of sight and maybe in certain situations where you can't bring a, a big drone because it, it also is very quiet, which I don't, I don't know if a lot of people have talked about, but the Mavic Mini is qu very quiet. I've, I'm actually going to make a video probably about some stuff that some situations where I've flown the mini, I'm not going to tell them right now, right till I release that video, but I've flown in certain situations. Um, one in particular that I haven't seen any videos made on YouTube or anywhere yet about using the Mavic mini. So I think there are certain situations where the Mavic mini really comes in handy that I haven't seen any other DJI drone have. Um, the one downside, I wish it was a higher bit rate. Some people are like, oh, I wish I had 4K. The 4K doesn't really bother me. 2.7K is, 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 is plenty. As long as you give me um, a little better bit rate. So the bit rate is, I believe, 40 megabits per second. 40. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. Anything less than like 50 or 60 is kind of, to me, it's a little bit of a bummer. So I, I wish it was a little higher. I think. I think that and the fact that the propellers, I guess they had to do it, uh, make it so small 
I wish the propellers were bigger, like I said, because I think they are prone to getting moisture and stuff on them. And the, um, what was I gonna say? The, um, if you add the propeller cage or a light or anything else onto it, you know, they market this thing as the 249 gram drone. You don't have to register with FAA. And I think there's a lot of confusion out there among people who are just getting started with drones because you, you're targeting beginners or like you said, Bill, people who are gonna get this drone for Christmas and they, they think they don't have to register because that's what they see on you know, all these blogs and, and YouTube videos where in fact, if you put the propeller cage or you put a little filter on it or a light, all of a sudden you're over 250 grams. Well, you know, that's one of the things, you know, Ron yeah. and Marcus and I talk is just, just go ahead and register it. I mean, you know. Yeah, just it, register. People make a big yeah. deal out of that. And I guess that was one of their selling points. But um, I, I don't know why people get hung up on, on registering their drone. I mean, it, it takes literally like, uh, you know, two minutes max. And it costs you about five bucks. Long, yeah. long enough to make a label. If you're, if you're just have a hobby license, yeah. <laughs> it's just long enough to make a label. That's it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah, I want to touch on one thing, Brett, that I, with regard to the Mavic mini. Yeah. And I also I wanted to get your thoughts. What, what do you guys think about the Mavic mini? Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, so, Marcus. So the, the biggest thing for me, the, the by far the number right. one thing is the portability of it. The way I look yeah. at it, to be able to travel with this guy, uh, this little bitty package right here, you know, you, you can throw it in your backpack, you get on an airplane and, and you're going someplace. That is the biggest advantage that that little guy has in my mind. But to your point, Brett, mm -hmm. it is a fragile little drone. Uh, it is, I've, yeah. I've had some issues with the, with the gimbal on it and so forth, getting a little bit of dust in there. And then it, you can get a little bit of dust in the motor, land on anywhere near any dust, and you can hear it grinding in those motors. So you need to be very careful about blowing them out. And, uh, and it is, it's going to be fragile. It just is. Uh, but the, the camera is good enough <laughs> for when you just want that portability. And maybe you're going someplace that the drone isn't the main thing, right? You're going on a vacation or something. But there are situations where you want to get a little aerial video. Perfect. Or for document documentary films where you need to get in a place where you might need to get some footage. You got to get in there and it's kind of like a situation that might be kind of dicey and you have to get there quick and without anybody noticing you, you could use it. I mean, I'm not saying uh, advising that, but, you know, there are certain situations where you want to get film, you know. Or, or let's face it, Brett, the price tag, too. $1,400 for your Mavic mini as yeah, opposed to yeah, exactly. 1800 or whatever, yeah. you know, you could put it maybe in a situation you otherwise wouldn't, wouldn't do with your other. No, DJI is very smart. I mean, I, I feel like DJI spends so much money on their, you know, their research design and, you know, I have a feeling, I, I don't know this for a fact and, and I worked at the DJI store, but I know much about what's coming out as anyone else. It's not, because the store was owned by a, a local company. So it's not like I have like insider knowledge or anything. I'm just, you know, DJI's, they're a company, I'm myself and that's it. But um, they do seem to always have, I, th I think many, many drones in the works. So, you know, Bill asked me, you know, what do I think about the Skydio and how they're gonna do, or now the Autel Evo. I think DJI has an answer to whatever comes out in the market. It, that just working there and just 
seeing, you know, just spending so much time seeing all the products that they make. It seems like, you know, now competing with GoPro and now doing them with the Osmo Action and the, and the um, what is it? The, um, I can't even think of the name, the, the Osmo, uh, not the Osmo Action, the other one before Oh, oh the Pocket? The Pocket. Oh, uh, Pocket, yes. Yeah. So it seems like DJI always has an answer for whatever comes out in the market, which for me, I, I kind of like, I, I really like to see some competition, you know, I, I think it would be healthy for the drone industry and for all of us to see some competition. Anytime you have like a monopoly or one company dominating the market, I, I don't necessarily see that as the best thing, but, but they are a company despite, despite the fact that, uh, their their dominance they seem to be a straight up company and they they really are going in the right direction um yeah here's I, the I, way i was put yeah. it uh, dji knows what we what we want before <laughs> we even know what we want <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like and they put up. it out there and they go <laughs> okay i want that exactly. well, you know one of the things i wanted to say before we, we um go to talk about another drone is um, you know, I'm in the same boat as Marcus. The portability for me was fantastic. We just a couple of weeks ago went up to Ohio to visit. Exactly. We just we came we became grandparents this year, and you know, yeah, our but- granddaughter is like is like number one in our lives right now. <laughs> and it was so cool to be able to take up my drone. Take I took the Mavic Mini with us, and my son-in-law wants a drone in the worst way possible. So. We got outside and I ended up taking a selfie of all of us. Okay. There's my <laughs> wife holding our granddaughter and my daughter and her husband, and we're all there. And the funny thing about this is you know, watch that video. Yeah. Um, I forgot to put, I forgot to put the joysticks in. So <laughs> I'm just pushing down on, on the little knobs on there. Okay. When I'm flying the mini. Nice. Okay. Cause I didn't have that works too. You can actually fly like that. Yeah. I found that out. <laughs> my son-in-law goes, are these for anything? And he's holding up the two sizes. Yeah. <laughs> so, but no, no, I, I'm, I'm, I agree with Marcus. The portability on this is incredible. And, and, and I think it's with something that, like I said, um, it, it's going to do real well this year. And there's going to be a lot, there's going to be a lot of uh, what I call uh, opportunities for more videos, because I think it, I, I don't think there's going to be enough videos on Mavic minis out there. I really don't right now. Yeah. And I, and I think, um, like um, one of the thing I was I was thinking too, the Mavic Mini comes to mind too, is the fact that you can fly it indoors. Like you can fly the Tello indoors, or you could probably fly the Spark indoors. But now you got a pretty decent drone for flying indoors w- with that propeller uh, cage on, because it's not really a guard. It, it's more like a it's a it's a whole cage. So yeah, I was flying that indoors. I was even flying that outside between trees, bouncing off of trees. Um, and yeah that using that i think using that propeller cage um in tight situations taking you can't sort of take risks with the uh with the other mavic drones like like you could with the mini oh absolutely and i've i've flown it indoors a couple of times and i can tell you because i i've flown the mavic pro indoors and i flew the spark indoors um, one of the things, because uh, the, the downward sensors, we have dark floors and it doesn't yeah. like dark floors. OK, and <laughs> Mavic Pro kind of took off and put a dent in the wall. I kind of <laughs> heard about that from my wife. So um, my, my days were full. I thought my days were over, but she saw that the mini had that had the cage around it. 
And yeah. I've actually, what I did was I started out on my porch, front porch, flew through the house, went out to the backyard, turned around, came back, flew through the house again, and then landed on the front porch. But, <laughs> um, but I went slow. I mean, I, I didn't even use the cinematic mode to, yeah. you know, to slow it down, but it, it went slow enough. One of the other things that I wanted to talk about, and I know you put a video out on it, is the Mavic 3. Now, yep. um, you know, th that's something. It's a foregone conclusion. I think when is the only question th that it's going to come out. Um, what are your thoughts about the Mavic 3? Well, I, I was also going to ask you, I'll, I'll answer that in a second. I was going to ask you guys whether you guys think we'll see a Phantom 5 or an Inspire 3 or a Zenmuse X8? Because I, my personal opinion is I think we will see a Mavic 3 because people love that portable size. I, I don't think if you put a Phantom 5 and a Mavic 3 out there, I think the Mavic 3 sales will kill the Phantom 5 sales, even if the Phantom 5 has interchangeable um, lenses. Unless it's like a huge sensor and then maybe but um, one of the things that we had Rick Smith yeah. on. Yep. And one of the things that he was telling us, he said, he, you know, he said, he says, I'm not under any NDA, so I can kind of talk freely. And yeah. he said, yes, he thinks there's going to be a Phantom five out there, which a lot of people roll their <laughs> eyeballs when he said that. Um, yeah. But, but he thought that um, I think he also said an inspire three. Uh, I think we'll he that. definitely said a Mavic three. But also, you know, and this is something not a lot of people are talking about is uh, a Mavic Air 2 will be coming out, a new and improved version of that with new ESCs, um, a better type of Wi-Fi, enhanced Wi-Fi system, because I know a lot of people complained about the range with the, with the Mavic Air um, and, and better batteries with it as well, too. So, but I, and I think that's going to be coming rather soon as far as that's concerned. Marcus, what are your thoughts about this? Well, I'm a little skeptical about that Phantom 5. I just, I'm yeah, trying to think. Too. Yeah, where does that fit fit in? I mean, so you're either going to, Inspire 3, totally, totally believe that because. Yeah, it makes sense. Or the X8. If they come out with an X8, maybe, right. or, or whatever, they update the Inspire 2S or whatever they want to call it, you know. Because as we move down, then the Phantom or the excuse me, the Mavic Three makes total sense. That foldable, yeah. that portability. Look yeah. what you can do with with the Mavic Two right now, and, and and you know whatever the Mavic Three will be will be will be way better. So yeah. then you, that next step, where I don't see a gap there till you get to the Inspire. But but what do I know? I you yeah. know I have I have a, a an idea totally from left field that I've thought about that it's been out there i don't think any maybe some people have talked about it a little bit but what about a drone that comes out like let's say let's say it's the mavic 3 that's almost like the old gopro karma where you could take off the camera the stabilizer and you have both a drone and kind of like an osmo pocket you know where you're walking around a two-in-one do you think dji would ever do that or do you think they wouldn't do that because then they would be killing all their Ronin sales and their uh, Osmo pocket and, and sales. Yeah. Who knows? Although let me throw this out there, Brett, if yep. they were going to do that, wouldn't they have done it by now? Probably. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's I don't know because sometimes I, I feel like 
they have the technology, but they're, you know, they do it based on sales. I don't think it's a based on uh good point. Could they That's release it? I think they, they release it based on, all right, for instance, we have X number of Mavic twos selling. We're going to keep that going right until this date, we release the Mavic mini. We want it the life of the Mavic mini for its sale is going to be this number of days before we release another drone, whether that be a Phantom five or a Mavic three, or, or like you said, the Mavic air two, whatever that be. So I always thought they could do it, but they, then they were like, maybe they have the technology for the Osmo pocket and the Osmo action. They're like, wait a minute, we want to take the, the market away from GoPro first before we release this, all-in-one drone that you can kind of like the karma which was i thought was a good idea they just didn't execute it well um that you have like a mavic 3 and osmo pocket sort of combined because i i think that would be something that would sell really well i could be wrong but um it's just an idea i wanted to throw out there <laughs> into the mix well, well like i said dji probably knows more about what we want than we do and what that's true you know. <laughs> And, and they do their market testing. So they obviously, you know, I, I don't think with DJI, it's, it's, it's kind of like, there are no accidents. Like um, Skydio came out. I don't think they did enough of their market research. Like they, like you said, I don't think they knew that it was going to be such a hit or they were going to get so many pre-orders. They weren't prepared. Right. No, DJI, question. I don't think is ever in that situation. I think when they, they come out, they know, what's going on well see, that's why the, the whole th thing with the phantom I, I there's been all this speculation like the phantom four they they couldn't get the parts in this and i i to be honest i don't i don't even know if that was i don't i don't know hard to believe isn't it yeah it's yeah. hard to believe because yeah. it, they're so calculated with all right. their moves that you know it, it makes it it makes it tough to believe well yeah. one of the things that, that i say a lot brett is uh, i think dj is a company that has learned their lessons because if you go back to the original Mavic Pro, when it was released in October 2016, there was a huge, huge delay. A lot of people didn't get theirs till late December or even January. Yep. Um, you know, and, and DJI learned its lesson. So what they did was they used to only have one distribution point, which was out, out in California. Well, yep. they built a distribution center up, up in the East Coast in New Jersey. There's one in Atlanta where whenever I get something, it comes through Atlanta. And then yeah. there's one out in the Midwest, I think out in Chicago. So, you know, mm -hmm. that's why if, for example, you know, and I know Marcus will testify to this too. When I ordered my Mavic two on launch day, I got it within a week. I mean, it was like, you know, there was absolutely right yeah, away. I, I, I got it, got a shipping great. confirmation and it came out. So, you know, they learned their lesson as far as, you know, distribute supply and distribution is concerned. I think they, they really, want want to hone in on it and that you know a good company really learns from their mistakes and i think that's something that dji has done here um you know with skydio you know they're 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 so new and they're such a fledgling company you know it's it's you know they'll you know hopefully they'll get there because i want to see that competition that you're talking about for yep. dji but it's going to take some time and i think you know people need to be patient yeah and they i think they just have to the companies Whoever, you know, there was a, this past year has been a rough year, I think, for DJI and the consumer drone market. You know, they had that internal uh, 
fraud investigation thing that they were dealing with. They haven't released any drones, mainly because they haven't had any competition. They have one thing people, I don't, I don't know, probably you don't mention on too many YouTube videos is DJI has also really upped their game with their enterprise drones. So they've added, you know, all these new thermal drones, they've added the, the storm and some other services that they have in terms of enterprise solutions. So, you know, I know in Rotor Talk, you talk about what's coming out in the future and so forth. They've really diversified. In fact, that they, they took on GoPro and, you know, the action camera market, the Osmo Pocket, and then they stepped up their enterprise solutions. So I, I think DJI is, you know, they, they could be growing in revenue, in revenue without releasing any consumer drones, which is kind of like disappointing for, for people like you and I, because we, we want more, <laughs> more drones. But um, I think they've, they've, the drone industry also is growing in terms of enterprise solutions. What do I mean by that? I mean, like in terms of inspections that you can do with drones like the Matrice 200, 210, you do like telephone wire inspections or oil rig, um, pipeline inspections, things like this, or, or mapping. And, and other areas. So the drone industry is, is growing as a whole, but it um, not necessarily always with filmmaking and just photography too. So that's a good, that's a, that's a real good point. Marcus, do you yeah. have any questions, more questions for Brett? Yeah, no, we've covered a lot of territory this evening, Bill. Uh, I guess uh, the only, uh, I, I thought of one more question and that would be Brett, uh, what are you looking for out of the Mavic 3? Okay, yes. I think, Bill, so I sort of dodged that question the first time, but um, what do I want out of the Mavic 3? Um, well, the, the biggest thing, I think the biggest complaint has been, I thought DJI made the Phantom 4 Pro almost too good. Like when it came out, it almost was like, it just, the, I'm talking about just the video quality. The quality was just so amazing that for that price, it, it, it's, I mean, even now people choose, a lot of people choose the Phantom 4 Pro over the Mavic 2 Pro. Um, because I, I think they, they talked about the pixel binning and so forth. There's, I like the, the D-Cine-like mode, which they didn't have on the, um, that look with the decent like mode. So a lot of people talk about specs, right? We're always like, Autel Evo is an eight. I'm, I'm answering your question, but in a roundabout way. Sure. So a lot of people talk about specs like the Evo as an 8K sensor or a 6K sensor and people get pumped up or 48 megapixels, but it isn't always about the sheer numbers. It's actually like the proof is in the pudding. How is it going to look? You know, what's the, what's the unique characteristic so as a filmmaker, as a, as a person who like is really interested in the, how it looks, you could have two, two cameras side by side. Maybe it doesn't have as many megapixels or as big a resolution, but it has a particular cinematic look that you like better, right? And I think DJI really nailed it with the Phantom 4 Pro, like right out of the bat, I think you could just use that. Maybe it was because of the size of the sensor, the way, the way they use that sensor. So with the, the Mavic 2 Pro, I don't feel like that sensor or the, it might have been the processor or the sensor, something was going on 
where it was really soft on the edges. You know, it's sharp in the center, but it's just a little too soft in the sides. And even in the low light, it could be improved. Um, maybe that's from like flying, you know, the Inspire or like Inspire 1 or 2, you get spoiled and you go back to the Mavic or you fly the Phantom. So they got to improve the either this definitely the processor or the sensor. They got to improve, I think, step up both of those a little bit. I like to see that. Um, in terms of flying, I don't know about you guys, but I always thought the Mavic 2 flew smoother than the Phantom. I always thought, totally agree. Yeah, I, I always thought the Phantom, it was a great drone, but the one downside is it's a little tough to control cinematically for those small, slow cinematic shots, like tripod mode or whatever. It, it just didn't quite have the, the same smoothness as the Mavic 2. I thought the Mavic 2 is a lot easier to fly. So I like them to retain that. Um, what else would I like to see? Yeah, so mainly the image quality in terms of like, um, another thing was with the, in, um, the quick shots or the intelligent flight modes, sometimes it would only be at 1080 or it wouldn't be at like the max resolution or, or a way that we could do, for instance, hyperlapse, if we could do like the hyperlapse where it's shooting in, in raw images, where we just get those raw images and we could put them together or like, instead of um or like high high jpeg that we could um edit ourselves rather than just getting that final video which is kind of compressed so giving us that little more in the quick shot modes giving a more professional aspect which people will probably dji is probably going to say no you know if you're a professional you can do it yourself you know <laughs> you don't need to use those those features but that would be something that would be nice um other than that um, now the camera, you know, 28 millimeters having that, I would, I do like the fact that they had gave us those two options, 28 and around 40 millimeters, which the full F full FOV and the HQ mode for the Mavic two pro. I do like having those two options. However, the first option, instead of 28, I like the 24 better. So the Phantom four pro is 24 millimeters. Whereas the Mavic 2 is uh, the Mavic 2 Pro is um, is 28 millimeters, and then you have the zoom, which is actually 24 millimeters, so it's actually a little wider. Those extra four millimeters, and um, I think it actually does make a difference. Now, some people will say, "Yeah, you're going to get more distortion or vignetting if you have a wider um, camera angle." So I like them to work that out. Maybe have some vignetting or distortion control. Um, and what else can I say? Um, so if you give me those two things and I don't have to change the lens, that I have those two different focal lengths, I'm pretty happy. And then okay. give me, me D-Cine-like mode. Um, yeah. And I don't know. Other than that, I'm pretty happy. <laughs> One of the things, my, my, last, my last question for you tonight, Brett, is this. What about a mechanical shutter? Yes, and a mechanical shutter. I forgot okay. to mention that. <laughs> well, sorry. <laughs> I told a brain fart. Uh, yeah, mechanical shutter in 60 frames per second, obviously, in, yeah. in 4K. 4K, yeah. 60 frames per second. 
and then a mechanical shutter, those two things. Yeah, yes. if they can do that on a Mavic 3, I mean, that thing, you think the Mavic 2 sold well? You know, yeah. the Mavic 3 will just, I mean, you know, literally, you know, the, as they say, fly off the shelves. I mean, because, you know, if you, if you have everything that you've mentioned, the 4K, yep. the 60, the one inch, and have the mechanical shutter on it, you know, well, I, I also think they're going to improve the um, obstacle avoidance. I know. Yeah, I think so, too. That, but I think it's going to be on all sides, not just those the two sides and the left and the right side and the quick shots and the active track mode. I think we're going to have that. And I think it's going to be something comparable to the AI with the Skydio 2. I think just, so, too. Just I to take all their sales. So if, if I had to predict something. I think the AI with the obstacle avoidance is going to be much better than anyone anticipates. I think that would so make too. it a big winner. Yeah, that I mean, that would just it would totally demoralize Skydio too. But <laughs> um, that's what DJI is good at doing. Sure, yeah. <laughs> and um, maybe they're they could add a different um, one more one or two more intelligent flight modes that um no one has thought of yet i'm trying to think of something um yeah i'd, I'd have to think about that one for a little bit but sure. I, I could see them adding something like that um onto it so all those factors amazing until all those things we talked about plus amazing artificial intelligence that'll follow you um yeah i think um I think that is it. People are going to go crazy for it. I think so too. I, I, I really do. By the way, this is, I, I don't know if I should say this on air, but I'll, I'll probably say this anyway, because um, people probably want to hear it. Um, the DJI store, if you're down in Miami right now, they do have a refurbished Mavic two pro for 1099. Oh, wow. Wow. Which I haven't seen anywhere else. I saw it on eBay, but um, I haven't seen it on the official DJI store. So um, maybe we'll see it down the road, but it's in the actual DJI store there. So knowing that, that's just one little insider or little thing that no one else has seen, I, I think. Knowing that, that's just one more reason. I know I made that... Uh, video about why we're going to see the Mavic 3, but that's just on one more reason why we're going to see the Mavic 3 very soon. I, I believe I, I would be shocked if it doesn't come out by by February. I think January or February. It, it, if if it goes past like April, I I would be I would be kind of surprised. That's just, but who knows? Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's these things, you know, trying to predict that is, is like, kind as Ron would say, like trying to predict the stock market, you know, it's exactly. like, you know, you don't, you don't know from one day to the next. Brett, I want to thank you for your time. I, I know everybody's time is always valuable, especially during, you know, I call it school night, work week. Um, yeah. Everybody's time is valuable. I want to thank you so much for taking an hour out of your time tonight and spending oh, time you. with I us. Um, there's going to be a link to Brett's channel and also to his webpage in the description tonight. If you haven't subscribed to his channel, please do so. I mean, not only does he cover drones real well, he covers things like GoPro Hero, um, you know, the Osmo Action, Osmo Pocket. Um, you know, he looks at other cameras, other types of things. He has tutorials out there. 
guys, yeah. definitely check him out. He has a great channel. I, can I, I say I one thing before I go, Bill? You sure can. All right. Um, first off, I I think I talked way too much. So no. if if I talked way too much, I apologize for that for everyone listening because um, I, I kind of, I don't know. I think I, I talked too much. But anyhow, um, I did create something that may be of value to people listening. If you go to um, my website, which is, if you go to my YouTube channel, which is my name, Brett Garamella, um, you can see on the right-hand side of the banner, you see it says uh, free drone gear guide. Or if you go to my website, brettgaramella.com backslash guide, I made this guide. It's, it's over 30 pages. It's a PDF that you can download free. And on it, I provide all my, my take, a short take on with the specs and accessories for all different drones from all the way from like the Tello to the Matrice. So, and then I also have accessories and some of my favorite apps on there. So I sort of made that for my viewers, listeners, et cetera. So that's something someone's interested in. I, I assume people are here, they're interested in drone gear i thought that might be of interest to them so um you can you can get that guide at brettgaramella.com backslash guide or just go to my youtube channel and you can see it in the right hand side of my uh banner so yeah i know brett you didn't talk too much because you know the, the whole idea <laughs> is for marcus and i not to, yeah. not not to be talking as much as you you were talking tonight because right. you know we learned a lot from you and i want you know i want to encourage people to go on to, you know, to Brett's channel and also to his, also to his website and watch that film that he made. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty special. Brett has some incredible talents, you know, just beyond, you know, creating YouTube videos is, is kind of a second thing for him. And he does a fantastic job at that, but I mean, he really excels as a filmmaker. So you guys that. definitely need to check that out. And uh, Brett, we'd probably like to have you back sometime again, maybe talk about the, the Mavic three when it comes out. Yeah, I'd love to. That would be that would be amazing. And be like I said, you know, if you ever ever catch your way down down near Tampa, I know you, you know you get to Miami, but if you ever come to Central Florida, you know, um, feel free to you know give me a shout, look me up. You know, we'll definitely get together, maybe fly some drones and um, have a good time. Um, okay, awesome. I'd love but, to do that. Marcus, any any words of wisdom? Uh, you know, not much. It was a, it was a great day to fly in Idaho today. I can tell you that. Had a good time. So, uh, so again, thank you, Brett. I think we all learned a lot here tonight. And uh, thank you. I appreciate you, that. you you certainly did not talk too much. No, okay. absolutely. By the way, I've, I've been I drove through Idaho. I've only driven through it once, and the only time I've ever seen a a bald it was a bald eagle. I was want to say couple pair pair of bald eagles in a tree along the snake river and this was before i had a had a drone but uh, anyhow um idaho is a beautiful place to fly your drone or just to take photos or anything so that's well brad I, i'm gonna put a plug in for marcus's channel you need yeah. to watch some of his videos yeah i do need I mean, to he, watch he more takes some he takes some incredible he, videos the snake river too i mean yeah just absolutely fantastic um once our public service announcement for the channel before we sign off next week. Yes, we're going to have the famous giveaway. A Christmas giveaway will be next week. So guys, make sure you tune in for that. 
you get to see my beautiful wife on the channel with me for 15 <laughs> minutes. Okay. We're going to do these live streams. So it's going to be pared down this year. We're not doing 12 days. Cause I don't have, I don't, I don't have 12 days worth of stuff to give away this year. Like I did last year, <laughs> but it's going to be pared down and I'm going to come out with an announcement. So be looking for that this week. We're going to have a lot of fun. I got some music I can play this year and not get a copyright strike. So I think we'll be, I think we'll be cool with that. Um, you know, like I said, you know, we like to have fun around here, and that's that's one of the goals of this. Um, Brett, thank you again so much for being on tonight. Marcus, as always, it's I a pleasure. It. And to Ron Brown, hope you're feeling better, sir. Um, and thank you for everyone showing up tonight. We appreciate the great chat that went on tonight. That was great. Um, as always, everybody, remember, it's a great day to fly. Take care, everybody. <laughs>